Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another EM Over Easy episode. Drew Kelno here, joined by Tanner and Andy. Gentlemen, it is good to see you virtually. How's it going? Oh, it's always good to see you guys. I'm I'm doing pretty fantastic this morning. Yeah, no complaints. Just uh, hanging out with my two buds via Google. Uh, what, what are we doing? A Google Hang? Google Hang. Uh, some type of a uh, virtual video conference. Uh, no, no brand names or sponsors okay. implied on this one. Unless Google wants to sponsor us, in which case they're more than happy to donate at any time to us. I That's feel like true. we've done that so many times and nobody's ever taken us up on it. Well, yeah, actually, let me let me tell you guys a little bit about sponsorship because you mentioned sponsorship and I am going to take advantage of this and tell our listeners about this thing we have going with ACOEP. So we are now the official podcast of the American College of Osteopathic Emergency Physicians. So we kind of do have a sponsor now. It's true. We do. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. We're very excited about that. So depending on when this episode drops, you may have already heard us uh, with our first EM over easy sessions at the scientific assembly that is being hosted virtually uh, through ACOEP, or maybe you're about to hear us. We'll find out. And uh, we're really excited. We're going to bring uh, two and a half hours of content to ACOEP roughly uh, with some pretty cool sessions where we're going to bring EM over easy to them and uh, do a little bit of a hybrid thing. So if you are not already an ACOEP member uh, and you want to get more of us, we encourage you to check them out, maybe become a member or at least uh, sign up for access to their CME stuff because you'll be able to hear us there. And we are going to do some crossover stuff too. uh, So you get a flavor for what we're doing uh, through ACOEP because it's going to be some of the same, but also a little bit different. Anyway, super excited about it and be sure to check out ACOEP.org. Man, they got more than the 60 seconds out of us. But that's perfect, Drew, uh, that you did that. I appreciate it. I'm smiling virtually through these guys. So for this episode today, uh, we're talking about something really cool, something that Andy has, I think, really elevated Tanner's in my game with a little bit, and that is talking about what we're reading. I think all three of us have uh, independently been pretty uh, voracious readers on, on different types of things. But now we, as the three of us, talk about this a lot more. It has come up here and there on some episodes, uh, but something that we've talked about doing more of is maybe a book club or a journal club. We're not going to do that today. Instead, we're going to do a topic that Andy brought to us, which is why do we read in general and talk about the impact that reading has on us, both medically and non-medically. And before I totally mess up the introduction of the topic, Andy, I want to turn it over to you. Tell us what you had in mind for this and uh, where we're going to go. Pretty excited. Yeah, I, th- I think over the time that we've had the podcast, we've we've all learned more about each other that we're big readers. I feel like we knew a lot about each other, which is why we started the podcast and why we feel comfortable doing this. But I did not know that I – d- I knew that Drew was an avid reader. I didn't know that Tanner was an avid reader. And then over the course of the podcast, we kind of started our own book club where like, hey, guys. I feel guys, like that was an insult to my, it, to my it's not an intelligence. Insult. It was – it was not meant to be insulting. It was just, <laughs> I did not know that about you. Um, and I think maybe even vice versa that you guys didn't assume that I read as much as I do. And so we kind of started this little book. Oh, I, I knew group. you read. I was just shocked by the actual books that I found out you were reading because I thought they were all like the my first grade reader books from uh, Curious George. And that was an insult. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> but 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 in this, I, I kind of Which, by the way, I have the entire volume and I'm very good at. I can actually like recite all of them as well as uh, Dr. Seuss. I mean, like I yeah. can just go down the one fish, two fish pathway right now. Yeah. As a, as a, as a parent of children, I have got all those books. But yes. um, with that, we... I think we started our own little book club where like, Hey, it was Christmas. Let's get like, we started to give each other books. And then Tanner was really good with our newsletter to realize, Hey guys, we're doing this. Why don't we tell our, our listeners about it? And so to me, this was kind of a great way for us to kind of expand that and bring it to a podcast. 
Because I think that reading is one of those things that nobody appreciates it at the time that they're doing it. Or if they do, it's you don't appreciate it probably as much as you should. And this is coming from somebody who did not like to read. Uh, it's funny, whenever I go on vacation now, I have you know my little stack of books. And my mom chuckles. In fact, they were just down here visiting us. And she saw my stack and she just laughed. And I'm like, and I, of course, my wife's like, why are you laughing? She's like, Andy hated to read in school. And I did. I hated reading. You're like, mom, this is real. I really like it now. <laughs> to where it wasn't until <laughs> I... It really wasn't until I read Jurassic Park that I liked books, which is crazy because it's not, it's actually, it's a pretty technical read. It's not an easy book to read. Um, But that was the book that like ignited my imagination to really like books. And so since then I've kind of become an avid reader and it's been fun to see the three of us read and then have this kind of progress. So we can kind of start down the the list of questions if you guys are ready. Actually, I, I I have a, some ground rules we need to set before we get too deep here. And, uh, does an audiobook count when we are talking about this currently? I know, I know on the side and, and things like that, but I see some of these questions that are coming up on the outline here and I need to know if audiobooks count or don't. I, I think you just have to make it very clear if it was an audiobook or not. Uh, okay. Because I actually don't listen to audiobooks. I have, uh, I've resisted it. Uh, I, I tried it on a road trip with my wife recently and I actually didn't like it. I, I found myself having a really hard time paying attention. Mm. which is funny because I can consume podcasts like crazy uh-huh. and get a lot out of it driving. But I think the, the thing with that, oh gosh, we're going to, I'm, I'm already going off on a tangent is like having to pay attention for sustained periods of time as opposed to a podcast where there's uh, particularly, like, think of something like MRAP or us, for example, where it's uh, short segments that I can pay attention to and then pause anyway. Sorry. Yeah. I'll, I'll count it. There's the long, long story okay. short, we'll just, but you we'll have just to put a little asterisk next asterisk, to it. Asterisk. Asterisk. Yeah. 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 It's the Barry Bonds of books basically. The Barry Bonds. Ooh, I, can you explain that analogy a little bit? Uh, having grown up being a little bit of a Barry Bond fan, it's just the fact that he cheated and did. Everyone wants to put an asterisk next to his records that he created while his entire career of baseball was played. Yeah. So why why Barry Bonds supposed to Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa there? Because he's the classic one that has all of the records, all of the records that matter. All right. All right. That's, we, we can wow. edit that out. Yeah. No, no. This, yeah, let's, let's move on before this gets heated. All right. So uh, I want you to kind of ask yourself, and as our listeners are listening to this, ask yourself the same questions. What was the last book you read? Or in Tanner's case, what was the last book you listened to? You listened to. I mean, I can, I can do any of that. Uh, in, in terms of the last book I listened to, it was uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Talking to Strangers. Fantastic book. And I really enjoyed the audio version because they actually use uh, – uh, excerpts from interviews as opposed to just the written version. Like you can actually listen to the person who was actually saying those quotes, um, which is very interesting when you're talking about talking and uh, things like that. But so the most recent one I've read otherwise is uh, future value, which is about scouting and what goes into finding the next great baseball player. And that was super interesting because it was way different than anything I've ever read before. That's super cool. There's some interesting stuff. I, so I, Last book I read, I, I am halfway through sitting on my nightstand, have not touched in probably a month, The Happiness Advantage uh, by, by Sean Aker, which is actually a really good book. I enjoyed it. It's, it's kind of the um, how the positive brain fuels success in life. Um, but I've gotten, I've gotten derailed. Um, 
And I've gotten derailed because I recently got a print subscription to The Atlantic and an online subscription to The Economist. And uh, I've delved more into like the Sunday New York Times and stuff. And I've really enjoyed reading these long articles, you know, like as opposed to like the the uh, two minute newspaper read. I mean, these are like 15, 20, sometimes almost a half hour, like more in-depth reads. Uh, about lots of different things. Some of them are political, historical stuff that I'm I'm super into, and others are things that uh, I didn't really know that much about, but for some reason it, it caught my attention. So um, the last book I actually finished was uh, uh, it was probably that uh, an astronaut's guide to life on Earth. I've started a couple books yeah. and just haven't haven't had the uh, have the energy to finish it, but mainly because an astronaut's uh, guide to life on Earth is the most incredible book I've read in the past decade, uh, and I am absolutely absolutely obsessed with it. And stay tuned because we're going to do a book club book club episode on this. Okay. So I'm not going to spoil it any any more than that. Yeah, it's so funny to me, like how books kind of come and go. Like you're saying, you had the issue of like finishing some books and, and getting derailed with other things. And to me, that's part of the fun of books is you can put them down for a little bit and then come back to it. Like right now, I'm just getting back into. I'd, I'd started barely. I I mean, I'd started reading Where the Crowd Had Sing and didn't really get into it, and so I've kind of put it down. And it's been sitting there for a few months. And my wife kept pestering me, like, "Are you going to read it so we can talk about it?" And I finally started to pick it up again, and it's great. So I think it was just at that time my my mentality wasn't quite there. But I think I'm going to enjoy that book now because I'm mentally more prepared for it. So I think part of that is that's you know part of the issue that we deal with with books is exactly what you're describing. Drew is that you have to you have to find that time and find the thing that's going to stimulate you and, and gain that benefit that you're looking for. Yeah, for me, it's I've kind of moved to audiobooks this summer just because I'm trying to keep up with my kids. Um, they're kind of, they're going through and rereading some of the same series that I love, like The Hunger Games and Harry Potter. And the last book I listened to was um, Jurassic Park, so I went back through and re uh, re listened to that. And it's great because it, I've got about a 30 minute commute, so in about a week I was able to finish it. And that's nice because my oldest really wants to watch the movie. And I'm like, look, there's a book you got to read first because it really sets up all the movies start from this book. And so that's been fun because we've been able to listen to that. But the last book I actually read was How to Be a Good Creature, a memoir of 13 animals. Oh, that's um, such a good book. Yeah. By, 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 uh, by Cy Montgomery. And I gave it to both Drew and Tanner. And to me, it was, it, was, it was a nice quick read. I've actually read it twice. I read it once um, around Christmas and then reread it just uh, as kind of a passing by, because I, I just remember loving the book because she truly categorizes the um, relationships you have with 13 animals and how different they are. Um, and of, of course, it's a book that you can't read and not get a little emotional about, especially when she talks about her dogs um, growing up in a dog home, having had to deal with um, you know dogs passing away. It was It's just a good book. Um, like pets or don't like pets, it makes you rethink the way you communicate with people and how you interact when you're reading about a pig and a dog and a monkey and an octopus and some other animals um, that she goes over. So it's worth a read. It'll be in the show notes. I, uh, I was reading part of that book on a, uh, on a flight uh, prior to Covidia shutting uh, all that travel and stuff down. And I was like sitting tearing up and I'm like, I hope nobody looks at me right now <laughs> as I'm wiping my eyes and, you know, trying to act all, act all it's coy. Just, just my allergies just, just kicking in. <laughs> I'm all verklempt. Quick question, you know, it kind of sounds like as we're trying to talk about the books we've most recently read or listened to, how many active books do you guys have going on right now? Five. That I I would expect an answer like that out of Andy. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I have two, which is really unusual for me. Typically, I'm only I only have one active book, whether I'm, you know, 
setting it aside for a while and coming back to it or not. I am uh, about halfway through, yeah, two books. Um, and I've kind of been flipping back and forth prior to just stopping uh, books and, and doing other reading. Yeah, I got I have four going on between my audiobooks and my my Kindle and my bedside paper book. And it's it's kind of strange how like we do that, but I think that's a really common thing. And I I hope that's one of the things we can get across to people is that it's okay to have multiple books going at once. <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. you feel like you're a failure for not finishing your book or um yeah, like I why have I given up on this? And it's that's not the case. Sometimes you just you're you need a break and some of it gets into why we you know what are we reading for? Like, what are uh-huh. you accomplishing? Are is it to to wind down at night at the end of a, a at end of a long day? Is it um, for information gathering? Is it because there's uh, certain things going on in the world that are really piquing your interest? And that's uh, for me the reason why I've put those two books down for a while and have been reading the way I'm reading is I have become almost obsessed with where America is right now in its uh-huh. political cultural environment and um, trying to consume historical reference uh, to where this may take us um, almost uh, as a way to reduce anxiety and stress. Because if I just take where we're at on face value and, and we can get into this topic on another day, like it's, it's uh it's very anxiety provoking to me. Like I am, I'm terrified of uh, where this country could be headed. But when you put things in historical reference, there's actually uh, a, a decent amount of hope to think that, potentially this is the the darkest before the light of a kind of a, a new rebirth of American society. Cause we've actually been through stuff like this multiple times over the past 200 plus years. Yeah. For me, I, I like having multiple books cause I've kind of set aside my week to where I'm actually in physical spaces. So I have two books that I'm reading only when I'm in my office at work. So I have a, a, a non-clinical office and one's one's professional development and one's uh, a gradual graduate medical education type book. Um, and so I read those when I'm here and then I'm listening to one that I only listen to when my wife and I are in the car. So when we go to the grocery store, when we go on a date, when we do our, our weekly, you know, 30 minute drive just to go look around our neighborhood and, uh, and, and kind of scope out the place. We have a book that we listen to together that's on audible. And then I typically have the other book I'm listening to usually around the kids. And so, um, then I have one at home that sits next to my bed and I, I kind of like having multiple books cause it really allows me to pick my mood and be like, you know what? I'm not really into listening to a fantasy novel so I can talk to about, so I can talk to about it with my 13 year old. I really want to read this book on civil war, you know, physician, um, physician usage and how that happened. And so I, I like having multiple books at the same time, but you do have to get over the idea that you're not going to finish one in mass. Yeah. Either. It would probably take my wife and myself, uh, multiple years to finish an audiobook If we only listen to it together while in a car, <laughs> like I actually don't know if we've been in a car together, for more than five minutes in the past two or three weeks. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, the average audiobook is what, like 15 hours long. Yeah. Like it, it like I, <laughs> I, you'd get a paragraph in and then you just have to, let, nope. Oh, okay. What, what did we listen to that last five minute stretch? <laughs> so I would tell you audible has a bunch of originals that are all under four hours. And so we kind of just pick some of those that sounded fun and are kind of going our way through it. But, um, did they read you? redo the uh, curious george series is that what <laughs> no no they're based i don't know they're, they're, they're really cool like one they're like one act plays um with multiple different voice listeners and uh, they're pretty fun I'll, pu- I'll put some in the show notes they're fun yeah i think i i think you hit it on the head of why i probably end up having multiple books going on at the same time andy and that's basically sometimes i want to read to learn and other times i want to read to get away 
Uh, right now, I'm a uh, ridiculous amount of time through Dune, the Dune audiobook. Uh, and I mean, that was, that was a little hard to get into at first because it is a super deep sci-fi crazy book that I've never right read. I totally get it. Yeah. I surprisingly have never read in my life given how famous it is. And now it's, it is, it is my escape. It is, I am, I'm off on a desert planet away. I'm not thinking about anything. I'm not thinking about medicine, I'm not thinking about, uh, uh, politics or or climate change or anything it is i it's it's quite fun um to have that ability to do that uh but i don't always want to do that sometimes i do want to be immersed kind of like drew saying and 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 learning more to help me foster my my curiosities and or help reduce some of my anxieties so um man reading can do a lot of things it's it's quite versatile you know i don't think i have read a fiction book in over a decade oh wow Hmm. You know, that doesn't surprise me, actually. No, you don't really strike me as a fiction guy. Also, given your history of being a historian. Yeah, Yeah, it's just it's just weird. And and that's not to say that there aren't some some decent fiction books that I haven't gotten into in the past. I just haven't. uh, Aside from some of my kids books, uh, there's uh, the the Mac B series where he is a uh, kid spy. I find pretty, Uh pretty awesome to read. And I enjoy that. But there's always something a little bit historical involved in that, too. So it's it's uh, like historical fiction. I also love yeah. all my kids' books too. Like when I read stories to Leo at night, some of those books are absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Bunny's Book Club—it's his favorite one right now. It's fan- it's amazing. It's also about yeah. books and reading. I-, I love trying to convince my daughter to read. Uh, there's a couple books I love. There's the uh, Darkest Dark, which is actually a book by Chris Hatfield, uh, who wrote uh, <laughs> "An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth." But it's a kids' book, and it's it's like the recounting of him being afraid of the dark, but also watching the astronauts uh, land on the moon for the first time, and how he like got over his fear of the dark, which is a super cool book. And then we have all these like baby scientist series books. So we we learn about oh, yeah. uh, theory of relativity and and gravity and and things like that which are really fun although my son uh andy i know you've been through this already uh with your uh two of your kids um mm-hmm. but my son's not to the point that he's a, a pretty voracious reader and he really likes history stuff too so there's all these kids history series uh-huh. uh his favorite ongoing series right now is uh, blast back um so it it does in like you know 50 kid pages or 75 kid pages you learn about um ancient egypt or you learn about the civil war or you learn about uh the american revolution or like the building of the statue of liberty and stuff like that and it is awesome because then we get to share this kind of like joy of historical stuff um with him reading or uh, me reading to him sometimes super yeah, fun and- and so for me, like, re- I mean, I think we all, we've all bought in. Cause if you ha- if you're listening and haven't realized that we all love to read whatever version of it, it is for us. And I think it's one of those things that we kind of undervalue. Um, I, I talk to my siblings and most of them don't read as often as I do. And, you know, I, I think it's really easy to get stuck into shows and movies and, um, binge watching, which again, I think we all still do, but, um, I think it's important to kind of add books to your repertoire of non, um, non-conversational uh, occupancy of your time because as, as Tanner mentioned, there's a ton of benefits that are tied to it. You know, we know that it reduces stress levels. Um, there's a theory out there now, whether it's true or not, that it, it might help stave off people from Alzheimer's and dementia by helping you build concrete memories um, that are tied to emotion. Um, it can allevi- make it alleviate anxiety and depression. I love it mostly because it is one of my kind of sleep routines. Now, because of Audible, I've moved into, I literally turn on a book and I go to bed and then I just remember where I last heard it and go back and start over. Um, 
the, the problem it, with helping you fall asleep, however, is that when I fall asleep reading a book and then it smacks me on the face, it tends yes. to then startle me and wake me up and then I have a little <laughs> adrenaline rush and I can't stay asleep. So I agree that it yeah. helps me fall asleep, but it's still not into the helping me stay asleep uh, thing. So I, I, I have to work on that one a little bit. Yeah, I have to say that's why I switched to Audible because yeah. at least it's somebody else's reading to me. Um, but, uh, oh, dude, course- if, if I, if I put in, uh, headphones and, uh, started listening to a book on tape in bed, I, 30 seconds, it'd be even worse than my wife and I driving in a car together. <laughs> but you'd fall asleep and stay asleep. Yeah, yeah. but I do that already. I, oh. I don't need <laughs> No, I agree. I love, I actually love reading, uh, for, you know, 10, 10, 15 minutes before I go to bed at night and yeah. I, reading not on my phone, which is a whole nother, uh, topic too. So I'm not getting the yeah. blue light, uh, stimulation. I love, that's one of the reasons why I actually pay for a paper subscription to a couple magazines. So I have those, uh, on my nightstand at night to read. Anyway, Andy, continue. You're going to tell no, us it, how it boosts our happiness and overall life satisfaction. Well, I think I'm I, guessing. I think it. I, I think it does. It's one of those where, like, as I was, and of course, this is all. These will all be resourced, and this is stuff from Higher Business Review and other um, large, uh, larger, larger media than us uh, with the with these ideas and these thoughts. But to me, it's one of those where, like, I think about in the last five years, uh, cool experiences I've had outside of work and outside of maybe even just you know talking at co- conferences traveling, things like that. It's like, I have vivid memories of the book I was reading the morning that we drove to go see the Taj Mahal. I have vivid memories of the book I read in the jungle of Costa Rica. Um, and and like, it just, it, it concretes some of those memories that looking back, maybe I don't have of other experiences because reading wasn't a part of my thing. And so I, I think it's just one of those that you have to pick something that works for you and then just try it. And I think you'll overall be satisfied. Super cool. Yeah, I agree yeah. with with all that. I think it, it just makes us better people. Um, yeah. Makes you more worldly. I, I think that I write better uh, because of mm-hmm. it also, um, which is maybe not a huge deal other than we, we do find ourselves in the situation, at least uh, Andy, you and myself probably a little more than than Tanner that, you know, we're having to write for academic purposes. Uh, Tanner just writes uh, because he loves the I like word. Writing. I know you do. Creative writing. Actually, that was one of my favorite classes in college. So I think if there's a take, if there's a take home here from, uh, from what we've been talking about is one, uh, find something you like to read. Uh, And again, as somebody who grew up only liking to read comic books, um, find a genre that works for you and make it work. Whether it's you start with short stories or you start with poems or even like what Drew mentioned, find a magazine that you enjoy. Cause even there are a ton of really good articles and some of the best reading I've ever had have been reading a magazine. So find something and just start start doing it. And it doesn't all have to be serious stuff. I mean, in, in addition to having the Atlantic on my nightstand, I also have Bicycle Magazine. Um, and I love some of the narrative stories about how cycling has changed people's lives or learning something about, a, you know, in-depth uh, reviews of a cyclist and, and learning more about them or, or parts of cycling that I know nothing about, like essentially anything that involves being off pavement because I don't do anything off pavement. Uh, those are super cool too. It doesn't have to be really heavy articles from, you know, the Atlantic or something like that. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, if you look at my Kindle, cause I am one of the only people on this entire podcast that uses a Kindle, uh-huh. uh, if you look at my Kindle, it, it the variety on there of different topics uh, just like Drew saying, sometimes you got to have that, that one that's going to really cause some cool in-depth learning. Uh, and then the other times you just want to read something neat and fun and exciting or something that's not even close to, uh, anything relevant except for you want to know about it. Yeah. 
And, and I think it's it's find something and then have have a backup. So like Drew mentioned, have a part of your house where there's a stack, whether it's, again, whether it's articles, whether it's a new, magazines, newspapers, or books. That way there's always something there to keep you going to be like, all right, I've got the stack here. I need to read something. Um, and then worst comes to worst, join a book club. They're not, there's, a, there's a ton of free ones. Um, and then there's some paid ones that will kind of increase how much interaction you have. But I think you just got to start somewhere. Because I think that the big takeaways are these will make you better people. You know, it'll expand your horizons. You'll be better at communicating. You'll be able to empathize with people because you'll read about things that are outside of your normal day-to-day that will give you perspective and make you an overall better person. One thing I would also put on as a recommendation that kind of help you get started is, is schedule some time to do it mm-hmm. um, yeah. or, or make a space to do it. Kind of how a few of us have said already, and this is the personal side of me that I've started to jump into, which is the, you know, I, I'm very into sleep and, and sleep hygiene and things like that. And so at night I'm trying to be very cognizant of, Hey, get off my phone, get off Twitter, get off um, these things that are constantly provoking me and, and pushing my brain to continue to stimulate, 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 and get more into a, um, a mindset of relaxation, enjoying a book, um, and, and kind of reading a bedside. And, and my wife's doing the same thing. And the, the fact that we made that decision together has turned our, our bedtime routine into a much more, uh, attainable thing for a sleep, which is the number one goal of, of mm-hmm. going to bed, but also, um, B, uh, it, it's just nice to relax and not have the constant barrage of everything going at you. So wrapping up guys, I'm, I'm curious, uh, let's talk books. I'll go actual book on this one. Tell me, um, Tell me one or two of your favorite books, uh, maybe a medical book and a non-medical book, uh, if, if you have them. And then maybe what is the most impactful book uh, you've read? <laughs> That's a hard question to answer. All right. So for me, Andy stole my favorite book, which is Jurassic Park. Um, so I'm going to have to do something different on the side. But I do know probably one of the most impactful books I've read recently um, is Tattoos of the Heart by Gregory Boyle. Um, you know, not to, not to give anything away, but it's basically uh, a, about a priest who lives in the uh, ganglands of, uh, of Southern California. And it is absolutely fantastic about how, about how somebody just interacts with a group of people who often are considered quote unquote, not good people, but they are actually very good, normal humans and just embracing that concept of humans are humans and we can, and we can all attain uh, what we want, which is just to be good people and happy and healthy and, and, and things along those lines. So highly recommend that one for any sort of impact you're looking for. Yeah. So for me, my, my favorite fiction book, um, I, w- I would say Jurassic Park, uh, but not to, so, so we don't have to steal each other's books to me, actually one no, of my, we're not stealing books, right? Books. It's just, it's our favorites. Um, but there's, it's another Michael Crichton book. I am a huge fan of Michael Crichton. Um, and, uh, it's called dragon teeth. It's one of his posthumous books. It's, if you look at it, we'll put it in the show notes, but it was actually the book he wrote. And then that led him to want to write Jurassic park. And then it stayed in the vault for 40 years and didn't come out until he died. Um, so it's what it's called dragon teeth. Cool. So I, am going to throw uh, two books out there. My favorite medical book, uh, that I have read is a book called the knife man. Uh, shockingly it is, uh, Based in in history, it's about uh, it's about a surgeon John Hunter out of Victorian England who is essentially one of the founders of modern surgery. Um, prior to uh, this period of time, surgeons were actually considered to be a um, inferior form of medical practice, and it's about. Uh, 
how how eventually they they moved to surgery being uh, mainstream uh, and accepted, but it, it involves having to steal bodies from graves in order to do anatomy and procedures on, and uh, all sorts of uh, absolute craziness, and including a uh, vascular surgery that was um, invented to. Uh, repair aneurysms in the uh, popliteal artery that people were getting because of uh, the boots they were wearing uh, riding horses that would uh, constantly rub the back uh, of the the knee and, and do it. It's, it's, it's really a fascinating book, and I encourage anyone who is interested in historical medicine to, uh, to check it out. Um, and then I, my f- probably all-time favorite book is another uh, – this is historical fiction. It's a, it is actually fiction, guys. It's uh, The Name of the Rose by Umberto Eco, which is all about um – uh, medieval Europe and uh, the Inquisition, but done uh, based out of a fictional monastery. There's a movie about it too that is mediocre at best, but the book is is absolutely uh, uh, awesome to read if you're if you're into religious uh, Inquisition style uh, fiction. Yeah, that's awesome. I, then, uh, but I do not read anything otherworldly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then probably my 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 perfect like if you're looking for a book for a pick me up, uh, we I think we've all read Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. He came out with a book. Uh, about 18 months ago it's called keep going and it's great for people who find themselves they've they've kind of they've, they've been creative they've put themselves out there but then they kind of get that lull and it's a great book it's 10 steps that kind of focuses on the ways you can re um, reinvent yourself or reinvigorate yourself in your current projects and it's a book i've read a couple times over the course of my academic life and then even with our podcast i, I read it this last year to kind of come up with how do we keep going um, after doing this for four years so it's it's well worth your time do you guys feel like you have a book that defines you that, you know, when these books probably uh, as a younger lad uh, were reading that really you, you just, I mean, you truly felt like you connected with it and somehow was really impactful on you. Uh, to this day, it's going to be the hatchet. That's oh my gosh. Book. That's the only book from my childhood that I like the idea of being a young kid who just decides to leave home and go live in the woods. Uh, growing up in Montana, that was so palpable as something one I could actually go do. And two, just the story um, is amazing. So the hatchet. Andy, did we just become best friends? Your favorite book is what? Jurassic Park. And then you steal the hatchet from me of the favorite book from growing up that just identifies with you. That's it. Yeah. It reminds me. I mean, every weekend was on the river in the woods doing something backwoodsy. Looking back now, I'm like, how did I not chop a finger off or drown? But the hatchet I was did. convinced as a child that if I got into a plane accident, I was going to survive with us with a hatchet and i wanted a hatchet to carry with me everywhere yeah yeah also the hatchet drew i just realized i've become the third wheel in uh this yeah. relationship yeah. and that's totally fine yeah you know it's a book i read in high school i don't remember uh exactly what grade i was in uh but at the time it was so incredibly impactful to me catcher in the rye uh we're mm-hmm. going old school uh 1951 jd salinger um but the the lead character uh holden caulfield at the time, I was really struggling with the relationship with my dad and, and a few other things uh, as uh, kind of teenage angsty, although I never uh, failed out of school or you know had those issues. Uh, and it really helped put a lot of the issues that I was having uh, at the time into perspective and realize that it wasn't the world against me, um, that it was uh, a lot of it was things that I had to fix and, and had to improve. And to this day, um, I would say that uh, that book has in some ways defined who I am and has uh, honestly made me a better person. Super cool. I, you know, I, we're, we're listing off books and now my brain's going crazy and I have a thousand things I want to talk about on here. So I, I think maybe in the sake of, uh, of our 
listeners' time, maybe we should just make a list and put it on the blog post for this. Absolutely. Some of our favorite books and and, and what and I think this will kick off when we're gonna do uh, Astronaut's Guide to Being Living on the Earth. Maybe we do a book club that we've always talked about doing. Because we seem to spend a lot of time I like talking about it. So maybe maybe not, but something to think about for future episodes. Until you guys make me read a bunch of fiction and then I'm out. <laughs> anyway, guys, this was awesome. I'm so glad we had a chance to talk about books. A, a little bit different episode from uh, what we're used to doing, but this mm-hmm. is an important part of our lives, and I think it's important for our listeners too. Andy, thanks so much for bringing this topic uh, to our attention. You guys ready? We're recording, so. What? I'm peeing right people, now. For people knowing that is Drew uh, <laughs> not peeing, it's getting his cup of coffee. Uh, stop trying to cover for him, Andy. Dude. He's he's peeing while we're recording. Oh,